Father, we thank you for the songs that have been sung. We thank you for the prayers that have been prayed. We thank you for the opportunity to have come together and to worship and bless your name. We thank you for just watching over your word in us and that you're seeking to perform it in us daily. We ask that as we look into your word today, that it will fall upon the good soil of our hearts and that we will grow thereby. We thank you and honor you for it all. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can y'all hear me okay? Yes. Okay. All right, just want to be sure. We are celebrating the resurrection Easter Sunday in 2021. And as we as I was preparing for this, I was excited and simultaneously I was a little bit uh I kind of liked being online cuz all I had to do was roll out of the bed and then just chill. Thinking about it, I was thinking about all that Jesus had did. And that we chose this day to celebrate and recognize it. And I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to be in a nice, comfortable, warm bed and for 30 days to sleep outside in the rain and not really sleep because it was so cold. I don't know if you ever had that opportunity. I don't ever know if you ever had the opportunity to be in the middle of the desert in the middle of a, a snow uh, sandstorm and uh, wishing that you could be back home. I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to have to duck underneath a desk because mortars and bombs was coming in and you didn't know if you was going to get hit or not. I, you know, I don't, I don't know if you've ever had to be uncomfortable. But I've had some uncomfortable things in my life happen. And um, I realized that the uncomfortable times make me celebrate and enjoy the comfortable times. And sometimes uh, we take advantage of those times or we don't give them the full respect that we should because they're so comfortable and they're always there. But as I was reading, getting ready, every Easter, I, I, I don't like doing like everybody else. I think that I, I, I don't want us to be like everybody else. Um, now, don't get it twisted. I can I could go ahead and we can rehearse the whole past week, and I can even I even got a little app on my phone. I could go ahead and tune up for you if 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 y'all if y'all wanted me to, but that's not really how I do business because I believe that the whole purpose of God's House Christian Church is to look at the scriptures and for us to apply them to how we're going to live our lives, not 
just to say some things, but how does that actually happen in our lives? So today we're going to go to a very unfamiliar for Easter part of the Bible. We're going to be in 1 Peter, the first chapter. Now I know you probably had all four of the Gospels sitting up. And you know, maybe you had 1 Corinthians 15 sitting up, but we're going to go a little bit different because I just love being different. But let's go ahead and jump into this. 1 Peter, the first chapter, first verse. The English Standard Version has it written like this. It says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Patias, Galicia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, in the sanctification of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy, for he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfailing, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, so now, for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Attaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Father, we thank you for your word. May it fall upon the good soul of our hearts in Jesus' name. Now, you know, I got to start off. I got to give us some definitions so that we can know which direction we're going. And the first definition is death. Death is the total cessation of life or state of being dead. Resurrection. Resurrection is arising again from the dead. And our final word for today, which is also my subtitle to Resurrection Sunday, hope. To have trust, have confidence, assume confidently or trust. As I said earlier, this day there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be discussing Friday leading up to Sunday. And they go from Friday to Sunday, and, I, and, I have, and I'm not being negative about it, I'm just saying this is what they talk about. They talk about Friday when Jesus was crucified, and they talk about him being placed in the grave, and, they pray, uh, and then him rising. In fact, uh, in our area where we live, they actually had some guys doing a uh, mock representation of 
Jesus being in the grave. They had some guys dressed up as Roman soldiers in front of a little cutout thing that looked like the tomb. And they were all there portraying what it was like or what it could have been like at that time period. But we're not talking under that. And if anybody here was back in that day, um, that means you would be like 2,000 years old. So I don't think none of us was back there in that day. So I want us to look at the practicality of the event that we're celebrating today. What is the practicality of that? What is it that has happened because of that in our lives in the scripture? We look at this and we see how Jesus, being obedient to the Father, had to die. And we know that the, the death is the sensation of life, that he no longer has life. Jesus went through this process knowing, but not knowing. He had an idea that God was going to raise him from the dead, but he didn't know if God was going to raise him from the dead. That was the plan for God to raise him from the dead, but he wasn't really knowing if God was going to raise him from the dead. That's because he had hope. Hope is the confident expectation. It's not just an expectation. It's a confident expectation. The confidence comes from us knowing or being able to have reflect upon what has happened before. Jesus had hope. He had hope that the Father was going to raise him from the dead. In fact, the Hebrew writer said it like this. He said, for the joy set before him, which was to be seated back at the right hand of the Father, that he endured the hurt, he endured the shame, he endured all this because his focus was on being back with the Father. He had the hope that God was going to do what God said he was going to do. But why would you have that kind of hope, Jesus? Well, I watched him rescue his chosen people. I watched him set aside or to maneuver things so that his chosen people could get back in right standing with him. So I had a confident expectation that what he said he was going to do, he is going to do. And the reason I pulled out 1 Peter is because when Peter was writing this, he was writing to the folks that were scattered all over the place. At this time, being a part of the way or being a Christian was not a good thing. You didn't stand up in front of everybody and announce you was a Christian. You didn't go on television and say that you was a Christian. You didn't do anything. to let You kind of kept being a Christian on the down low. But the way they could figure out you was a Christian was by, by how you acted. Because you acted different. And they knew that you was a Christian. But Peter was saying, listen, I know y'all spread it out. I know, but let me tell you confidently that 
the hope that you have is still a good hope. The desire that you have is still a good desire. Well, why do you bring this up? Because I want us to understand that Jesus walked in the same shoes that we're walking in. When he put on flesh, he allowed himself to be limited in knowing what was going to happen. He had an understanding. He had a promise. But what he did is he did not know 100% for sure that he was going to be raised from the dead. Well, how do you come up with that? I, that, that? That thought. I came up with that thought because he was sitting in the garden and if he would have known that he was going to get raised from the dead, then he would have said, okay, God, let's go ahead and get this done. But he said, Father, if there's any other way for us to do this, can you pass, can, can, can we come up with the other way? Is there an alternative to this that we could, could do this in? But he, then he said, but you know what? Not my will, but your will be done. Because he had a confident expectation of what God was going to do. Now, as I was looking at this, I decided that I was going to do this correlation for us today. Just like a year ago, we were all looking at the start of this virus situation. And it caused us to have to go into a type of death. And that we cease to have the life that we had prior to the virus. We walked into the situation where we were placed in, if you allow me to, to be this liberal, to placed in a tomb of our homes. Some of us had to be in the tomb with that person that we really didn't know because we were so busy working and doing. But now we're placed in a position where I'm with this other person. Some of us was placed in there where we were cut off from the folks that we usually associated with. The churches had to pull back and, 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 and not be able to fellowship like they used to fellowship. The people that went to school had, couldn't go to school. They couldn't play with their friends. It caused Everything to be ceased. Life as we knew it changed totally. Life as Jesus knew it ceased. Jesus was set up. Jesus was put up as a person that deserved capital punishment by the Roman government. This crucifixion was the worst form of punishment that anyone could go through. And Jesus went through it. We were put up. We were shut up. We were locked down. But just like I said before, Jesus had a confident expectation that he was going to rise. And I just want to just, uh, y'all just let me use my imagination. I'm just looking at us as having gone through this COVID situation. That now we are in a position where God is saying, I'm getting ready to do a new thing. I'm not only going to do a new thing in the earth, but I'm going to do a new thing in you. 
I'm going to work a new thing in you. See, a lot of us have allowed us, when we're in our death situation, when we were locked down and we couldn't do things, a lot of us fell into a state of depression. A lot of us felt as if we were no longer functional in life. A lot of us began to look at the fact that things were not the way that I was used to maneuvering through. Now, things were not how I had it all under control or so I thought. I had my rhythm. I had my way of doing things. But now all that has changed. When you lose hope, when you lose your hope, you lose everything. Hope is the driving force that causes you to function. The highest rate of suicide is men 65 years old and older. Now, why do you think that is? I'll tell you, because you probably didn't do the research. Because traditionally, that is when men are retiring. When men retire, they no longer have an expectation of doing everything, anything. Then they feel that they're no longer of work. Then they feel that they're worth less. Then they feel there's no longer a need for existence. And then they go ahead and terminate their lives. Now I know we're hearing now that, you know, the teenagers and, and no, because if you can tell a teenager that there's hope, those of us that worked and are working, the only reason you get up in the morning is because you hope that you're going to get paid. Amen. You have this expectation that it's going to happen. We had a situation just recently where uh, the military didn't, the money kind of got held up, and the military folks were talking about, I ain't working today, I ain't working because they paid me. Uh, you know, folks, folks is all, listen, I did this work. My expectation is that I'm going to get paid. You do something, you have an expectation that you are going to get a result. And I want to just tell you that if you have utilized this time that you were in the death situation, if you joined us in Bible study. You, you heard me say again and again, the fact is I am so excited that we are going through this time because I believe that we should all have a personal relationship Amen. with God. Amen. I believe that if you're depending on me to have your relationship with God, that I am manipulative and dysfunctional in my ability to lead. Because my whole responsibility is to cause you to grow so that you can be effective for the kingdom of God. Yes. So if that is true, then when you was in that dead time, 
you did not feel that you had no hope because you had a relationship with God yourself and God would be right there where you are. So if you didn't come to a gathering or a church service, you were still okay. Now, I would have loved to be around you, but I don't want to contaminate you or you to contaminate me. So you stay at home, I'm going to stay at home, and we're just going to bless the Lord from long distance. You see what I'm saying? we got to have the right mindset about this situation that we went through. I don't think when Jesus was on the cross that he gave up. I think he realized even more that his hope needed to be that much stronger. And I'm telling you that as we're coming to the end of this, that your hope needs to be that much stronger. Not just having an expectation, but having a confident expectation that he who is God, who has begun a work in you, he is faithful, that means that he is true to, completed in you, until Jesus comes. So when Jesus comes, it's no longer going to be a need, but until Jesus get here, guess what? You need God to be faithful. So our expectation is, our confident expectation is that God is working something in me, that I went through this situation of the COVID, this death situation, this situation that had me isolated in order for me to get closer to God, for me to establish myself in him, not forsaking the assembling of myself when the opportunity uh, came together. I know some folks was getting beat up about not coming, but you know something that I've discovered? That being a Christian sometimes requires you to have wisdom. Amen. <laughs> now I say it sometimes, but, <laughs> but you have to use wisdom in all aspects of your life. I told, told Lady Yolanda, I said, listen, I said, baby, I, I can't even tell you how I would feel if we continue to have service and somebody caught the virus because they came to our service, I can't, I can't even explain to you how I would feel. So we're not having service in person. Thank you, lovely. We're not having service. I said, I, I, I can't, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. And so we did, I have some other pastor friends. The numbers go down, they have service. The number went up. They stop having service. The number go down, and I say, I'm not going to do our people like that. And so when time started, the numbers started going down again, and I said, God, I said, God, what about Easter? Let's go ahead. All right. And I said, well, God, we're still going to do the, the protocols. I know some hard-haired folks just going to come in here and try to hug me anyhow, you know. We talk about social distancing and all that stuff. Some folks just don't, just don't. But, but it's okay because we still have the parameters set up. It's okay because we know what we're supposed to do. And I want us to understand this. That it's very important for us to look at the power of hope. Walk in the knowledge of our hope. Just as Jesus knew that if 
I give up my life that my father is going to bring me back and I'm going to be sitting at his right hand. We also should be encouraging one another to, like Jesse Jackson said, keep hope alive. You know he's a Greenville native, right? Well, I just want to say, you know, shout out to Jesse. Greenville, rise up, upstate. All right, anyway. We have to grab hold of hope. Hope is what causes us to walk by faith and not by sight. Hope is what causes us to stand in righteousness. Because we believe if we stand in righteousness that God is going to reward us. Not that he is rewarding us, that our expectation is that we will receive a reward because of our standing. So let us walk in the power of hope. The confident expectation that God's word is true. And that it is exampled in Jesus who decided that I'm going to do everything that the Father said. He told us. He said, I didn't come here to speak of myself. I've come to declare the works of him that sent me. And so we have to grab hold of that. We are here with the confident expectation that as I represent God, that he will keep me in all things. That he will watch over his word in me to perform it. That he will do what he said that he's going to do. Amen. You know, I, 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 you know what? I have seen some funny things. The economy's going down, and we got a member whose business just went crazy. It that's contrary. That ain't how it's supposed to work. Business is closing down. And their business is booming. I got folks that is mad because they're not working. And next thing they know, they're getting promoted on the job. Because God knows how to work things in every situation. God knows how, but we've got to keep our hope in him. Our confident expectation that he is going to do what he said he is going to do. If I if I walked up to you and said next time I see you I'm going to give you a thousand dollars. Right? If I said that you would be like I know where you live. You're going to see me sooner than what you're thinking. Right? If I told you, I'm going to give you $1,000 tomorrow, I would probably get up and, and the parking, uh, our, our driveway would be full of cars waiting on me to get up. Right? Because you have an expectation of what has been said is going to happen. You see what I'm saying? So when you have an expectation, so when we do things according to God's word, our expectation is we do things according to God's word. What we say? If we do it the Bible way, we get the Bible results. He said, if you acknowledge me in all your ways, I'm going to direct your path. You start acknowledging God. God, I'm getting ready to go to the store. He said, you might not want to go right now. Amen. You know how fair you is right now.
Then he says, go. You go. Everybody out the way. Like they, they just all got, they all went to where they need to be. And then somebody come right after you and say, boy, Fairview, you'd be like, I ain't, I ain't experienced that. Because when we have an expectation of God, guess what he does? He fulfills the expectation according to his word. Yeah. So that's why I like to add that word of confident expectation. Because God's word is true. It's not like you come up tomorrow and I'll be like, did I say that yesterday that I was going to give you $1,000? You know how folks' voice get real high when they're lying? Did I tell you that? <laughs> but I want us to have this, the, the thing that I pulled out of the resurrection, the thing, that I, the, the thing to, for us to apply to our lives about the resurrection is we have this hope just like Jesus had the hope that God is going to do what he said he's going to do. He says, I'll keep your mind in perfect peace. He says that I'll provide you with the peace that is incomprehensible. You can't even understand why you're peaceful in the middle of it. He says that I will provide you with an opportunity to enjoy a meal in the presence of your enemies, and your enemies going to sit there and watch you eat. God has a way of doing things when our expectation is in and on him. Now, I didn't jump all over my notes so much, but okay, let's, let's finish this up today. We, together and individually, have to have an expectation. We have to have an expectation that, number one, that we are going to live for God and God alone. That should be our expectation. If we live for God and God alone, this is going to make some folks mad. That means that it doesn't matter who's in the positions of government. It means that my responsibility is to pray for those in authority. Yes, God says if you pray for those in authority, yes, then you will have peace. Amen. You see what I'm saying? Amen. If you do the Bible word, the, the Bible way, you get the Bible results. If you're not, if you're not having peace about the political things that are going on, it tells me you're not praying. Because this is what I found out. You can't be mad at somebody you're praying for. Yeah. It causes a conflict of mentality. You can be saying, God, I hope you strike them dead. I hope you. And next thing you know, you're like, God bless them. God causes you to change your mentality when you're bringing an issue that you have with a person before him. He causes you to speak life and not death. Why? Because you are a generator of life because you're in him. So we got to look at this. Our hope, our expectations should be, I'm going to follow the word because I'm confident that the word is true. And so I can expect the results that the word gives us. Somebody does you wrong, pray for them. Amen. Somebody treats you wrong, love on them. Amen. The Bible says it's like pouring hot coals on top of their head. Well, I don't find that scripture, boy. I try to be nice to everybody. I just find the folks that don't like and just be nice to them. Just make them more mad. 
But I want to encourage y'all today. I thank y'all for registering. I thank y'all for coming. I thank y'all for celebrating with us. But I, again, it's not about God's house. It's about us touching the very throne room of God so God will use us for His glory. That's what it's all about. Amen. That is what it's all about. Just to be used of God. And then this is how Peter closed it out. He said it like this. He says, though you have not seen him, this is verse number 8, you love him. Though you do not see him now, do you not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, which causes you to obtain the outcome of your faith, which is the salvation of your soul. Having that hope on this Resurrection Sunday, just like Jesus had the hope that God would raise him from the dead, will take you to a new level, to a new height, give you a brand new perspective so that you can do what God has called for you to do. Now, if you don't know Jesus, then we got a little situation here that we need to... To, to remedy. Because the first part of getting into the realm of hope that I'm talking about, the first thing you got to know is where you're going when you die. The Bible says that anyone, everyone that calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, the Bible breaks it down like this. It says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Now, it also says this. It says that there's none righteous. There's nobody that's righteous. We all have to go through the same process of salvation. Salvation initially is redeeming us from the penalty of sin. If I told you, I love these, if I told you that all your debt would be paid off if you did this, y'all would do it, correct? That Jesus has already paid your debt. All you got to do is accept what he's already paid for you. There are so many people today that keep going back to the store saying, Jesus paid my debt. He's like, I already paid it. All you got to do is walk in the redemption. That's the whole reason that we're celebrating today. On the day of Jesus' crucifixion, when he said it is finished, what he said was, the debt is paid in full. Yes. Now, if I can get a little theological just for a moment. What we had to do before is every year we had to pay this debt. And God allowed us to use animals to pay that debt. Okay? But now, because Jesus is actually outside of time, when he did it the one time, it covered all the time. 
Y'all got it? I know, like I said, I had to get a little, was going to get a little theological on that. When Jesus did it, because he is outside of time, it covered all the time. And so we are covered. But have you ever heard of anybody that was debt free that walked around like they were still in debt? Y'all don't usually hear that, right? Exactly. Because once you know that your debt is paid, you have a different attitude. Once you know that your debt is paid, you sit up there like, I ain't worried about it. My debt's paid. But that's what Jesus wants to do with you. He paid the penalty, the debt of the penalty of sin in our lives. Because we could not pay the debt ourselves. And all we have to do is accept it. And if this is your first time hearing about this, I want to tell you this. That you don't have to be at a church. You don't have to be. You can be anywhere and make that decision. The decision happens anytime, anyplace, anywhere. But my thing to you is make the decision. Stop having to pay a debt that you don't even owe. Jesus has already paid it for you. Now what this debt will call, once you have redeemed what Jesus has done for you, it will cause you to operate differently. That's why it's important for you to find a group of believers to fellowship with to encourage you to live a life that will show you even more of what God has for you. That it can cause your hope to increase in what God has planned for you, what God has desired for you, what God has uh, proclaimed for you, that it happens because we encourage one another to walk in good works. If you made that decision today and you don't have a place to be, I recommend God's House Christian Church. And if you... Uh, watching on our Facebook and you're saying, well, I'm not here. What I would ask for you to do is just email us at info at godshousecc.com. We're going to provide you with some information to help you along the way and we will help you to get established with a local congregation wherever you are. Because it's not about building up God's house, it's about building up God's kingdom. And so we want to help you and assist you and if you're local and you need a place, God's House Christian Church, I believe, is the place for you. I think that would be a great thing for you to do with your life is to give your life to the person that gave you life. So today we had taken the Today we had taken a time out to talk about Resurrection Sunday. Our subtitle was Hope. And hope is what? A confident expectation. A confident expectation. A confident expectation. So we declare today that you will walk in hope so that you can see God work on your behalf. Amen. Amen. Amen.